Okay, I know you didn't plan for your life to look like this. Neither did I. And I know it feels like you've lost so much. But I keep hearing God whisper, I am right here. And there is more. I'm Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. Let's talk about loneliness for a second. It's something that all single moms have to deal with, but one of the reasons it's so frustrating is that it is not a one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. Your experience with loneliness is going to be totally different than mine, and oddly enough, being in a relationship usually doesn't fix it. To learn more about the roots of your own experience with loneliness and what those roots are telling you that you really need, take our What's Your Loneliness Type quiz over at plusoneparents.org. Have you ever had one of those moments where one of your children asked you a question that you just could not answer, that you were left feeling like a deer in the headlights? This happened to me with my son a couple of years ago. And to give you a little bit of setup for what happened, first thing I'll tell you is I am super outdoorsy. When it comes to planning a vacation, my idea of fun is more hiking trail than Hilton. Okay, I will take a couple of days at the Hilton, but after that, I'd so much rather be out in nature. That's just my speed. And so when it comes to planning things with my kids as often as possible, I like to plan times where we're in the outdoors together. And so on this particular occasion, I had planned a camping trip for me and my kids. And one of the things I just love about camping is being able to be side by side with my kids and teaching them skills that they have the ability to put to use right away and the sense of accomplishment that that brings out in them. And so on this particular trip, my son and I were side by side and I was teaching him a variety of different things, you know, whether it's finding a flat spot for a tent or how to pop up the tent without it falling over or hitting you in the face skipping rocks, like all kinds of of just campy type things. And so we're enjoying this trip together and he and I are on a walk and he starts asking me really detailed questions about the male anatomy that I just could not answer. And I'm trying to be discreet because this is my child we're talking about, but if you're a boy mom, I know that you know what I am talking about. Either this has happened to you or is going to happen to you. It's just part of the deal of raising sons. And I wanted to answer him. I really wasn't embarrassed that he'd asked these questions. I have always been the one, even before I was a single mom, to talk with my kids about their bodies and God's design for sex and those sorts of things. So I wasn't necessarily caught off guard by the question, but at the same time, I didn't really know what to tell him. You know, when it came to what he was asking me about, not only are, is my knowledge from a textbook or secondhand understanding, but I didn't really know how to give him even guidance. I didn't know how to explain to him how a godly man would look at these subjects or address the kinds of things that he was asking me about. And so while I was searching my mind to try to figure out how was I going to be able to help him, I just kept thinking that everything I would say would be insufficient. You know, I kind of started thinking how much easier this would be if he was asking this of his dad or a man or somebody who was not me. And in those moments, we just become so aware that I don't have what my child needs. I get these sorts of questions a lot from listeners who 
are boy moms. This is something that is part of raising sons in that there is this gap between a mom and her son and what she's really able or what she feels competent to share with him regarding a lot of these types of issues, these things that come with growing up. And, you know, when it comes to these types of questions or certain experiences that we might have, that lack, that gap that we feel perhaps that if there was somebody else in that gap could be made up just now seems to be like a giant hole that our, that our kid is going to fall in. You know, it, it just seems like at this point, I'm not going to be able to raise him to be the man that I want him to be, that I hope he will be. Like, how am I supposed to teach him about manhood? I don't understand that. You know, how am I supposed to teach him about how to see things as a man of character would? How do I understand his quirks or his needs that I can't even necessarily perceive? You know, and how can I give him advice when it comes to things that I've never even dealt with before? But if we're being honest, this is not limited to just raising boys. It does come up a lot with raising boys because there are unique needs that our boys have that we may struggle to understand or we may struggle to meet. But this can happen with any of our children. You know, for example, I do have a female child who has unique needs in the sense that she sees the world completely differently than I do because she's wired differently than I am. She is very introverted where I tend to lean on the extroverted side of things. And so this means that for a long time, I didn't understand her need to pull back and recharge. When she was a lot younger, I didn't understand the need for her to withdraw. And so there were times that I pushed her when I shouldn't have. You know, there are times I definitely got it wrong until I started to understand that her needs are different than mine are. Or let's say, for example, that you have a child who has special needs. And in those cases, you know, like, I'm not a developmental specialist. I don't know how to perceive necessarily what my child needs, and I don't know what I don't know. And so in those regards, this is not a, a road I've even necessarily traveled before, and I'm not certain that I'm able to identify something until it's gone on for a really long time. And so with all of these different types of instances, the common thread is the fact that there's often going to be something that we feel like our kids need that we're missing, that we're not able to give them. And that is especially drawn out by being a single mom. You know, there are lots of things that we'd love to be able to give our kids, whether that's our time, money, good advice in this case, that we just may feel that we're limited in our, our ability to do. You know, we know that parenting is a job that God intended in his original design to be divided amongst two parents, right? And so when you're in a one-parent scenario, you are very aware of the fact that you're trying to do this thing on your own and that ultimately you're one person trying to pull off the job of two. And we know that God made men and women differently. So there's things that we bring to the table that a father does not, but there are things that a father brings to the table that a mother does not. And so with that gap, there's this great uh, worry, this great anxiety that can be drawn up that our kids are going to suffer. Our kids are going to struggle. Our kids are going to be doomed to fail maybe even because they don't have this thing 
that everybody else has. They don't have this thing that even God designed for them to have. And so that weighs on us really heavily. That can be something that creates a sense of just being defeated. You know, and it doesn't help that people, when they talk about single parent households, they just throw out all these statistics all the time. You know, they talk about the fact that kids who come from single parent households are going to make less money or they're going to not do as well at school or they might end up in jail, all these kinds of things. And so it just seems like the deck is stacked against us and our kids. And in instances like that, you know, especially if maybe you have a child who is already in trouble, a child who is already acting out, it may seem like there's nothing you can do. It may seem like it's too late. But as we think about this subject of maybe not feeling like we have what our kids need, I want us to consider what if this is not true? What if it's not too late? And what if you actually do have everything that you need to raise your kids? Getting our minds around this being a possibility requires us to first embrace this simple truth. And that is you do not have to be everything that your kids need because God already is. If we look at Psalm 68.5, it says, God is a father to the fatherless and the defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. Now, this scripture tells us not only is God a father to all of us, which he is, but he has a specific and special interest in those who don't have an earthly father. This means he hasn't cast your children off. It means that to them, he's not a lost cause. It means actually that he favors them. And I don't want you to get hung up on that definition of fatherless. We're not purely talking about children who don't have a father, an orphan, for example. What we are talking about is someone whose father is not in the picture, is not in the home, or if they do have an earthly father, but he's not involved. If the earthly father is not stepping up to his responsibilities to raise and provide and protect and nurture his child, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about a child who is fatherless. And God is saying, regardless of the situation, wherever there is a gap, it's not a gap that you have to make up, and it's not a gap that your child is going to fall into. It's a gap that he promises that he's going to step into and he's going to fill. And that means we don't have to worry about how he's going to fill it. We just have to know that he will. We have to know that he's extremely creative and in doing so that he wants to fill up those places and show more of himself in the lives of our children and in our own lives. And to go further with this, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 8, your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. And he's not a disinterested God. He's not one who knows what we need and then just like hopes that we'll figure it out. He wants us to rely on him to show up and show off. And to continue with this, Paul said in Philippians 4, 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Every need of yours. That's so powerful. Every need of yours. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to look like we think that it should. And sometimes that can be really frustrating for us. Sometimes that can leave us feeling like, are you there at all? He may not fulfill everything that we think is a must-have. He may show us that actually that thing is a nice-to-have. 
He may show us it's a not so nice to have actually, but it just looks good to you on the surface or it looks like the only way that this need can be met. And he wants to show us in this just how powerful, how good, and how creative he is in meeting our needs. And the point of all of this is God is not going to leave you hanging. He's not. All of scripture shows story after story after story of him showing up for people who were relying on him and waiting on him. He did not give you a boy or a child with unique needs and say, well, good luck with that lady. He didn't rescue you from an abusive situation just to watch your kids fail because now they're in a one-parent household. Because here's what the statistics don't show. They don't show the research that shows that a child just needs one healthy adult in their lives that they can attach to and bond to in order to thrive. The statistics don't show that kids do better when they are in a loving one-parent household versus a two-parent household where abuse and neglect are taking place. The statistics don't show the testimonies that I know you and I have all heard of, of children who grew up to be successful because of watching the example and the role model of a hardworking single mom. They don't show the stories of the women who cling to their God, who do what they can, and watch him fill in the gaps. So whether you're asking this question as a boy mom or as a mom who is just feeling anxious about not being able to give your kids what they need, what I want you to know is that God is going to make sure that your children have what they need. He is their father. And he's inviting you and me to partner with him as the father of our children to give our children what it is that they need to get to where he wants them to go. If you're like me, you've probably already seen so many red flags in your life that you could cut them up and make yourself a lovely evening gown out of them. I have wasted so much time and tears in unhealthy relationships and mostly because I just didn't even understand red flags. And here's what I found out. Red flags aren't just for dating relationships, they are for all relationships. And what we don't know can really hurt us. With this in mind, Plus One Parents has created a class called Red Flags in Dating, what they mean and how to make sure you don't miss them. This is a single session class. And in this class, you'll discover why red flags even matter in the first place. You'll learn the obvious and the not so obvious signs of a person who is emotionally unavailable or abusive. And you'll also learn what you need to know instead to meet a godly match. You can actually start this class right now, today, when you join the Plus One Parents Collective All Access Membership. And you can do that by going over to plusoneparents.org. So with all that in mind, obviously the next question is, how do I do this? <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, great. I can trust God to give my kids what they need, but I obviously can't do nothing, right? I mean, I have some role in this, right? And you absolutely do. And so as we look at our one action step, our one next right thing that you might consider as you start to live this out, I want you to think about this. And it is start with what you've got. 
We've got a new Bible study coming out. It's called Made for More, Life Beyond Hurt, Loss, and Heartbreak. And in this Bible study, we are going into stories in the Bible that never get told. Stories of women who've been abused, stories of single moms. And one of my favorites is the story of Eunice. Eunice is the mother of Timothy. And when I say Timothy, I'm talking about first and second Timothy, Timothy. And Eunice has a story that's a lot like yours and mine. She's in a situation where she doesn't have a godly man to raise her son. And so in this, she has a choice to make. She has a choice to make. How is she going to get her son to follow in the ways of the Lord when not only is this father not doing that, but is blocking it? And what's beautiful about Eunice's story is the fact that Eunice is not perfect. Eunice is not any different than you or me. But what Eunice does do, she works with what she has. She decides that she's going to be the one to teach Timothy the scriptures. She decides that she's going to be the one to pray over her son and to bring in godly men into Timothy's life. And in so doing, Timothy ends up with two books of the Bible named after him. That's pretty great. <laughs> you know, he ends up to be Paul's right-hand man. And so where there was this gap, Eunice did what she could to give Timothy what she had. And then she allowed God to multiply that. She trusted him to take care of the things that she could not. And this story is not to show us that like, well, God did that for Eunice, but you know, you and I have to figure it out. Eunice's story shows us that Eunice is just like us, which means that what God did for her, he can do for us too, because it has nothing to do with how special Eunice was. It has everything to do with that is who God is. So like Eunice, we can also look at what we do have and offer that to God to multiply, to do something with. You know, this happens in the loaves and fishes. You know, they brought the food that they did have and Jesus multiplied it. And that is what God does with the things that we bring to him. And it's how he makes the little that we might have more than enough. When you're thinking about what you do have, I want you to think about these three things. They all start with the letter P, makes it really easy to remember. The first one is prayer. We cannot underestimate the fact that this is our opportunity to talk to God about what we think we need or what we see the gap is. And a lot of times as we continue to pray, God starts to point our attention towards things that he's already doing or that we can do, that we can step into. And so it's not something that we have to come up with every idea and thought on our own. He wants us to ask for the wisdom that he already promises that he's going to give us generously. And this is really important for us because sometimes when we are looking at what we don't have, that becomes a gap for us. That becomes a, a stop block for us that we just feel like all I can see is what I don't have. And God wants to help us to understand, but here's what you do have. Here's where you can start. The second thing is partnership. And this one is a little tricky because it does involve asking for help. It does involve looking at the circle around you and figuring out who are other people that can be mentors, that can be, in the case of a boy, for example, these male voices, or in the case of a child who's wired differently than you that might also be wired kind of that way and might be able to communicate more easily with my child. It doesn't mean necessarily that this person is gonna sit down and do Bible studies with your child, but it does mean that they might take a special interest 
It does mean that they might invite them along to things. It does mean that they may have them even just run errands or do chores or teach them things or just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, and in that, they are just role modeling daily life for our children. You know, they're showing how a person that is responsible and godly plans their day out, how they deal with conflicts that arise or things that don't happen the way that you thought that they were supposed to. And so as this person is just living out their life in front of your child, your child gets a front row seat to see this other example and perhaps start to model after that. Now, the one thing I'll say with this is be very careful, especially with moms with sons, if you are involving a male role model. And one of the things that you especially want to be careful about is the fact that this is a person that will not see you as a romantic interest. (laughs) That can complicate things. I think in in these instances, too, it's really helpful if it is like a grandfatherly type figure or maybe even as someone that they interact with regularly, like a coach or a teacher, someone along those lines who, again, they don't necessarily have to spend a ton of one-on-one time with your child, but just can take that special interest. The second part of this is no matter what child you're talking about, please do always make sure you're doing your due diligence to make sure that this is going to be a safe situation for your child as well. And when it comes to those types of precautions and what things you might need to look at, there are lots of resources out there as far as mentoring programs and things like that to figure out, you know, what are the best practices if my child is going to be spending one-on-one time with somebody and I'm not there, especially if it's a person that you don't know very well. And the third P in this then is professionals. Consider who it is that might have the resources or the knowledge or the expertise that you don't have, but that you can learn from in order to give you some new tools or some new strategies or some new language for being able to help meet your child's needs. You know, there's a couple of ways this can look. You know, for example, Does your child need counseling or do you need counseling in order to address some things, in order to create some strategies or get some tools that will allow you to work better together? You know, do you need to work with a parenting coach who might help you with some strategies when it comes to rewards and consequences? Do you need to talk with a health educator to know how to better answer questions about your child, especially if they're a different sex from you and so that that you have the ability to confidently step into those types of conversations like I had with my son. You know, these are things that you can do that even though right at this moment you may not have what you feel you need, we always have the ability to tell our kids, you know what, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Now I know that doing these things is going to stretch you and you don't need to do all of them. Start with just one thing that you feel like, hey, I can do that right now today. That's something I can schedule a conversation with somebody tomorrow. You know, just start in the place that you feel that you're going to have a, a quick win with and move in that direction because this can be frustrating. And I know it's going to draw up feelings if it hasn't already of like, but why do I have to do this by myself? Why am I here? I don't want to be here. And those are all valid things. But the fact of the matter is all of us, whether we were single parents or not, we're going to have to deal with difficult and frustrating situations with our children because they are separate humans from us. They have their own will, their own wiring, and their own way even that God has them to go. And so whether you're a single parent or in a two-parent situation, we're all going to have these instances pop up that cause us to have to really reflect on 
what we sense that God wants to do and allow him to move in the lives of our children. And though this is a challenging situation, God is not limited the way that you and I are limited. And as I mentioned before, where we have lack, where we have gaps, those are the spaces that he will most clearly show up and show off for our good, our kids' good, and his glory. Thanks for being with me for this episode today. For more resources for single moms and abuse survivors, join us at plusoneparents.org. You can also catch us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. Until next time, remember you are seen and you are beloved. loved.